Hello, you're listening to Shut Up and Watch This, episode number seven. I'm Dave. And I'm Ashley. We're a couple getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's pop culture and media blind spots, and then sharing the essential movies and um, guilty pleasures from our pasts with each other. And I thought maybe if um, if you're new to the show, we'd unpack that a little bit for you. Um, again, we've what we've been dating for about two years, almost two exactly. years this week. This week, this yes. week. <laughs> hey, okay. So happy anniversary to Thank us, you. and um, well, to you. And uh, <laughs> we just uh, we we we've often had that uh, experience of wanting to show something really important, you know, over the years. Like you have to see whatever. This is terrible. It's okay. No, it's not. I think we can, you know, there's there's movies that are important to you for one reason or another. And when you find out that, that someone that you care about a lot, they that you're just getting to know, and they don't know these movies that are so important to you, it's like sharing a bit of yourself when you, when you share those movies. So um, now we want to share ourselves with you. <laughs> <laughs> Or something. <laughs> I think that this also systematically gives us a kind of homework, right? Yeah. So we get to assign each other viewing homework. Mm-hmm. Like you assigned me this week a particular movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, your pick this week was coal miner's a coal miner's daughter, daughter. Yeah. 1980 movie directed by Michael Apted, and it's the music biopic about Loretta Lynn, the country singer. Yes, biopic. Biopic. I'm going with biopic. Biopic, okay. Hey, I put a call out onto Twitter today. Uh, <laughs> I had one answer from our friend Kristen, yeah. and she concurs with me that it's biopic. Biopic, okay. But actually, I think, I don't know. I, I'd like, I anybody always, listening out there, if you want to write us an email to set us straight, the other, how do you say it? Biopic. See, that sounds like optometry. I just read it like a word. I mean, like, I, it doesn't okay. have a dash, so I, wanna go I mean. <laughs> biography by, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, well, never mind. We're, we're way off track here. <laughs> well, it just I'm seems going like, like if it's going to be a bi- biopic, there should be like a, a, an M-dash, or is it an M-dash? A dash there. Bio-dash-pick. Not, it, if you're going to write it as a word. But biopic sounds like an optometry <laughs> procedure. Okay, so Granted. enough of that. Granted. All right, it's a biographical <laughs> film. Yes. So my first question is, why did you choose this movie for me to watch? So I have seen this movie a lot um, growing up in particular. Um, just some things that, that maybe the audience should know about me is that I grew up in a small town, which I think I've mentioned before, but um, it was a small West Texas town, which was all about the country music when I was growing up. Um, my dad is a bluegrass musician um, professionally for a while and then... Um, branched off into Western swing music and eventually Irish music. Um, But we were always sort of in that folk arena. And then because I grew up in West Texas, I listened to a lot of country music at the time. So um, I just, it just fit in with who I was as like an eight, nine and 10 year old, eight, eight, nine, 10, 11. Um, I think I transitioned out of country music when I'm, you know, naturally when you meet a boy who's wearing a Green Day shirt, and you just start listening to Green Day at that point. But before that, I was listening to... That changed your life, because you listen to an entirely different kind of music now, for the most part. Yeah, Um, so I listened to country music growing up. Um, I came across this movie on actually on a trip to Austin. Um, My parents had some good friends that live in Dripping Springs, and 
Um, they took me and my brother out to this house and we were being watched by this couple's older twins and they put on a couple movies for us, uh, uh, Coal Miner's Daughter and also The Jerk. And that was the first time I'd seen it and I really enjoyed watching it because um, Sissy Spacek has this wonderful like southern kentucky sort of or eastern kentucky sort of accent that she used and it's just it's just very charming and um my whole family imitates it still i mean you know uh, she, the nickname she uses for her husband is do and so yeah. like you know just every once in a while we'll do be like do, do do yeah <laughs> um so i i don't know it's it was it was very meaningful to me i i think it's an excellent movie and you know sissy spesic is wonderful in it and um i just wanted to share that part of of me growing up and mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing so cool yeah well so i i i can't have had a more different upbringing probably yeah. <laughs> i mean i grew up in san francisco i was a city kid i have no country music I, mm. you know like i got no learning no i have yeah. no i have no country music i mean this is like, even now you know i have it's just a it's just a kind of music i've never really is, had much exposure it's to unfathomable unfathomable yeah. to me but, i'm sure yeah. growing <laughs> up here i mean we live in austin texas i can't remember yeah. if we said that well lately. not even dwight yoakam he's from california anyway. see dwight yoakam I, I, I that immediately makes me go oh yeah he was in sling blade and i knew <laughs> i I knew him as an actor yeah. first, and I have the like you know filed away the IMDb, IMDb in my brain kind of thing, so I can mm-hmm. pull that out. But I don't know his music at all. I'm We're sorry, Link or whoever's listening that I don't know country music. Um, but I do remember that this movie was one of my mom's favorite movies. Mm. So last time on the show we looked at Local Hero, which was a movie that she and I watched together a lot, um, and my dad liked that movie too. Um, but I remember that she liked Coal Miner's Daughter a lot, but I don't remember it being a movie that I was in the room for. Mm. So, I mean, 1980, I guess I'd be nine years old. I don't yeah. know, nine, ten years old. Um, so, uh, it, it's wonderful. I mean, it, it, I liked, I really liked seeing this film. Mm. And and also, for me, this movie really hits, like, the mission of this show so well. Yeah. Because it taps into a part of you that I don't know very well. Mm. So I really like that about it. And I wanted to make sure that I, <laughs> that I said yeah. that. Um, I don't know how much we should, we need to synopsize for this movie. It's difficult. I mean, we're talking about the great, you know, country figure of Loretta Lynn. And we, we start in her um, small town, mining town, right? She's one mm. of eight kids or something like that. Yeah. And mom looks like she stepped out of a, one of those WPA photos with the baby, you know, on the porch <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of thing. And life is hard and her dad's in the pit every day. And um, there's uh, Doolittle. Yes. Comes riding around in his... Uh, he's his, flashy. Yes, yeah. he's flashy. I don't know how much older he's supposed to be, but as the movie begins, Loretta... He's been to the war. I mean, like, he's been, he's been to, to war World War II. Loretta yeah. Lynn, Sissy Spacek, it's always Sissy Spacek yeah. playing the part. It's supposed to be 14, I think is what they say. She's about 14, 15, yeah. not even 15 years old, her data says. Yeah. And, um, uh, but they uh, quickly start to... He comes a courting. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to well, start talking like that. Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> but well, what I, I think is interesting is I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, maybe 10 times in my life. Mm-hmm. I missed the fact that his name was Doolittle oh, <laughs> until really? this time. Until oh, you this just time thought he was watching. like, it's I short for Mountain Dew. They live in the like Kentucky Dewberry Mountains. Dewberry or, or something like I don't know what it would be. Doonesbury. No, Doolittle. 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 
And, you know, not to go beat by beat, because we'll talk about things yeah. along the way, but we ha- but we see the, the major points in her life on her road to becoming a country singer, from her first going off, leaving home, leaving the family behind, breaking her dad's heart, and yeah. moving to Washington with Doolittle, getting married, having a mess of kids. Mm-hmm. and um, Four by 20. <laughs> and singing as she does the chores, and he gives her a wonderful gift of the... His, of a guitar Mm -hmm. because he loves hearing her sing and and he wants to encourage her. And, you know, not long after that, we're on the road to writing songs and strumming along and her first show in a little bar and, um, and, uh, her and do little Tommy Lee Jones, you know, becoming her first manager and helping her record, cut a record and, pulling her into the car and taking her on the road on a trip to visit all the country DJs and, and get her name out there. Um, and not long after that, she's singing in the Grand Old Opry for the first time. And, and then she becomes a, a star opening for uh, Patsy Cline, who becomes a kind of mentor, wonderful performance by Beverly D'Angelo. And um, you just get to see her develop from this little shy 14-year-old spirited girl mm-hmm. who knows what her heart and, and what she wants and to becoming like one of the icons of uh, country music. Yeah. Um, so let's talk Sissy Spacek okay. because I think this movie is so much works as well as it does because of her at the heart of it. I can't even picture who else they would cast in this. No. Well, and, and I was reading the Wikipedia page. Loretta Lynn wanted Sissy Spacek and they had to convince her uh, to do it, she she was going between two different. Uh, she had a couple of possible, offers. To... Possible offers, and um, I think she got some sort of sign where, like, she got in a car to go somewhere and turned on the radio, and Coal Miner's daughter was on the radio, and that was her sign to take the movie or something like that. So, don't you uh, have signs like yeah. that when a, a song comes on the radio <laughs> yes, and I'll... it changes? Well. <laughs> You're, you're giving me a look right now. So anyway, maybe we shouldn't we'll talk, talk about, about this that. on another episode. Um, so she chose to do the part. What is, isn't it? Ama- I can't think of anyone else who could convincingly play 14. And how long do we go? 35, 40? How, where do we, how old is I she mean, by the time like the movie she, ends? I, you know, I don't know when she was born, but yeah, I yeah. think in, in her forties, probably when they, um, when they when we get to the end of the movie, you know, she has she's so good in the early part of the movie. She has that innocence and naivete, mm-hmm. but also just kind of a pluck, just kind yeah. of a, a, a <laughs> spirit, kind of a she's kind of a spitfire, you know. Yeah, she, she is, and she um, can hold her own with do do little. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones, of course, is Tommy Lee Jones. He's always Over kind of top. larger than life, yeah. and. Um, you know, I, it's, I think he was really well cast in in that part. Just the kind of big personality who comes into town and sweeps a little girl off her feet. You know, you she's know. never. I mean, this is the story of Loretta Lynn, and it's also the screenwriting. It's also the performance. But she's not. She's never really a victim or anything like that. And she and I do describe her as being sort of naive and innocent at first. But she um, she has a conviction. She has. Uh, she does she needs a little push out the door yeah. to get started on the road but um she knows what she wants I well, mean, and she's I think able they, to they actually make a point of that in the screenplay like several times it says through the movie like i may be ignorant you know and they make that mm-hmm. distinction but it's not it's just because she doesn't know it's not because she, 
she does, she lacks the ability to comprehend or whatever, you know, they, I think they said that several times throughout the, the show. One of the interesting things you said to me, I think before we watched the movie was that you thought of this as one of the first biopic. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. As one of the first (laughs) musical, big musical biopics of kind of modern movies. Right. And that there's a lot that are not as good as this. No. And I don't know if it's because we've seen so many of them. Yeah. Can you talk to me about what you like about their, this film? Well, I mean, it's, it's the first one that I saw. Maybe there was a tradition of biopics in the past about musicians, but what, what I think of is this one, you know, there was the Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash one that came out with like Joaquin Phoenix and, and yeah, Reese Witherspoon. And then there was walk the, line, the yeah. Ray Charles one. Right. Um, anyway, there've been a bunch of them and, and they kind of follow that same sort and maybe it's all biopics follow the same sort of like, this is how they are when, and they were a child and mm-hmm. this is how they were. And this, you know, um, and, and this one does it, but it, I think to me, it doesn't feel as contrived as the other ones because maybe it came first, but it's a very natural evolution of, of things. It, I did, it doesn't feel like it's a string of like important moments. Like some of them no. do. Uh, I think one of the things that works so well, I agree. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things that works so well is that it takes its time with the quiet moments mm-hmm. and with the setup and, um, we really get a feeling for the the town and the that mining town yeah. and where she comes from. You know, we've spent a good amount of time there enough to, <laughs> you know what I mean, well, to I really mean, show just lines, her, her like, humble roots. Like when she first sees Do for the first time, her dad and her one of her brothers are going and her are going to the. Um, pick up dad's paycheck and then immediately go and spend it in the company yeah. store, you yeah, know, he says, and he was let's like, let's go give the company back their, their money. money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the, the company runs the only store in town essentially, you know, but you get to see, you know, there's nothing going on. So this guy driving around in his Jeep be doing crazy stuff is like the, the Trying big to drive entertainment, up a mountain, yeah. right. you know, um, and there aren't that many cars like, half the people have mules with them, you yeah. know, cause that's how you get up and around in the little mountain towns and stuff like that. Isn't don't know. that her first ride in an automobile? Yeah, I like, think so. Like, yeah. You ain't never been in an automobile before girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think they show her riding a mule with her brother, yeah. like back up to, but yeah. And then, you know, in the cinematography, they have family is shoe day where they each yeah. get their new pair of shoes and mm-hmm. stuff like Which that. Which is a I mean, line in the song too. That you, know. you have to show it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I feel like some of these other musical, well, it's not just music biopics, but you take the easy way out, you make the melodramatic point, mm-hmm. you simplify things. And I think one of the things, I, I was worried not knowing anything about her life and about her relationship with Do, that I immediately would telegraphed ahead like, oh, this is going to be a movie about him being an abusive jerk and how he, you know, he's hitting her all the time and terrible and unreliable. And it's going to be that kind of thing where you set him up as the thing that she must fight against and escape from. She mm. escaped her humble roots and now she has this abusive husband. He's not... He's no. not an abusive husband. He's not. <laughs> he's, I mean, he, he gets drunk and he cheats on her. But, you know, that's... But... <laughs> here's where the movie succeeds by being um, 
by allowing for ambiguity and for more realism in its treatment of the characters is uh, he's he's not the bad guy he and they do love each other mm-hmm. he loves he, he loves her to death i yeah. mean not literally to death, but and she loves him and their marriage is and their relationship is complicated he they they make he makes mistakes he yeah. does shitty things mm-hmm. but the overwhelming sense of that relationship is this is not, it's not, this is a terrible marriage and her life should have been something else. It's like they have a relationship and a marriage despite some of his screw ups, right? His womanizing, um, he hits her early on and and I kind of get the feeling like he never really does that again. Yeah. I think, I think that that's, it's a mistake when like right after they've, well, um, there's a scene when he asks for her, her, family for her hand and her dad says promise me two things one thing never hit her what was the other thing and never did never take her away from take her far away from from home home. and i looked at you and said both of those things are about to happen (laughs) and And i think it was about two scenes later when he lost his temper and smacked her in the hotel room and then at that point i still thought this is gonna be a movie about the husband who smacks her around and she's gonna like buck up and like leave him and get the strength and or i'll suffer through this for years and years and that's not the film it is yeah it's not you have he adores her he Mm. is the one who pushes her to go start this music career because he loves her singing so much that he wants her to go out and do something with it yeah and And then well but there's a little bit where he struggles and and like they suggest that like her success makes him feel like yeah he's not important or something like that and so they suggest that that's the impetus behind his cheating or womanizing or whatever Ooh, i didn't quite get it that way yeah but i mean like every time like he can't watch her perform it's funny yeah he cannot be in the room with her at the grand Ole opry in even the small club where she plays yeah he went out he always has he he goes out to the car to listen to it on the radio Mm. he i don't know what it is he can't be in the room with her (laughs) <laughs> which uh <laughs> yeah that's um it it's it's a problem um when he uses a vocabulary word um that she doesn't understand and then doesn't translate it correctly yeah. but she's <laughs> strong enough that when she catches him cheating yeah like in at the state fair when she's out with um patsy klein Right. Yeah. And they're they're performing together and it's kind of rainy and she sees spots him in a in the car, like yeah. making out with some she goes, throws the woman out, yeah. pulls him out, and then goes off and writes that song. Yeah. <laughs> what is the is it the trash um, one or you ain't woman enough to take my man. Um which is not the trash. There's a second oh, there's another one. There's another tri- there's one called Fist City, which is Fist, that's what I'm the thinking other of. one. Okay. That's the one that's the, the okay. when he picks up trash, he puts. But it I like in how she channels can. her anger about yeah. this stuff and did in real life yeah. into songs, saying, "You know, get your paws off my yeah. dude." Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I think is interesting is her sort of pathway that she takes to um, being a successful country musician. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like. She really just drove around to some, I mean, they don't say how many radio stations she drove around to and like got them to play her record. So what period was that when she's just getting started driving around to the radio? Okay. Um, So this is still a time where what the DJs are playing, what the records they mm -hmm. choose to play, like makes a career or not, right? 
So that's well, what they're doing. I, I wish I understood more about it because at some point the sort of the payola stuff starts coming in and like people who were driving around doing this couldn't get in because they mm-hmm. needed to have, you know, um, label representation in order to get, you know, yeah. somebody had to pay the pay off the DJs in order to get them right. on the radio. But what Tommy Lee Jones Doolittle has yeah. is a page ripped out of, like, you know, with all the country yeah. radio <laughs> stations and they get in the car with a bundle of her her um, demo records and and ride up and down parking just walking into the radio studio sometimes when they're on air well, and it's funny they're the dra- out in the middle of nowhere i hadn't thought about that the but like this radio is- station in the middle of nowhere with the transmitter yeah. and they would look for the transmitters in order to find uh-huh. them because um, the, they'd be listening yeah. the signal's getting stronger oh look there's a transmitter well, let's and pull it because you know i mean my understanding of fm or am radio well fm in particular is that in hilly places like nashville and kentucky um the FM signals don't go as far, so there have to be more of them around. So I, theoretically, I guess there would be more of them around. Um, but what I kind of wonder is, like, how many did they do in order to get to number 14 on the charts? Like, did they have to drive the whole East Coast or, or you know, because it's not like you could just share a file or anything. I don't know. These are actual discs that you had to take to, I don't know, it's... I'm, I'm, There's something that's so wonderful about yeah. the, that first <laughs> yeah. one, that set piece where they kind of, that's the, one of the first DJs they go into where they have to kind of almost, they have to kind of bully him into playing yeah. the record. <laughs> and he's just like, I heard it. It's nothing special. <laughs> and they see the package still yeah. sitting there unopened. He's on air. Yeah. <laughs> and she starts, she lights into him, you know, <laughs> you didn't even listen to my record. You. They get that record put on. So at one point, you know, they're at one of these things and somebody tells them that they're number 14 on the charts. Yeah. And then I guess is when they decide to go to Nashville and, you know, he drives her there. That's the signal that it's time to yeah, go to Nashville. And then, and then, you know, she gets a pretty quick invite to the Grand Ole Opry. Like they, they bring her up and those are, you know, actual, they actually had, you know, Ernest Tubb mm-hmm. and Roy Acuff and mm-hmm. um, Minnie Pearl. Minnie was Pearl there. was there. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually, it's it's the it's the lineup. So she's on there. But that's like at the time, and maybe it still is, although probably not. Um, the height of country music was the Grand Ole Opry. So yeah. I mean, but she, she like, starts as somebody with one single who they're yeah. kind of pulling in to do a song <laughs> or two every time. Yeah. You know, as a as a as part of the showcase. But I, I think it's interesting that she, you know, makes friends with Patsy Cline. There probably were not a whole lot of female performers like that at the time. I mean, no. not that, you know, that and I can think of. I mean, Tammy Wynette was around that time. And this is when Patsy's really big, I think, yeah, right? Based on Crystal how everybody Gale, reacts to her. Yeah. So she's played by Beverly D'Angelo in the movie. Mm. And she's wonderful, and she immediately becomes a sort of mentor and friend, you know, yeah. to um, Loretta, who's still getting her footing in this whole new era of being I in the spotlight. It's interesting because Patsy has this very, um, she's very warm, but she's also much more sophisticated. Like uh-huh. she has this whole, which I mean, like even even I mean, at least my experience with with women in country music, Patsy had this sort of. Jackie O kind of thing going on with mm-hmm. the, you know, suits and the dark bob and, you know, she's, I don't know, a different kind of country than the yeah. Loretta Lynn, but they, they work well together, you know. <laughs> so I think did Sissy Spacek sang 
the songs for the soundtrack. And Beverly D'Angelo. And I had to look that up at the credits at the yeah. end because I was I was trying to figure out did they get did they have her lip sync Loretta? And no, I think for the, at least for the purpose of the film, she she re, you know re-recorded the yeah, songs. Yeah, and and the the re-recordings were big hits too. I think she won a I Grammy. I think there's a soundtrack album with yeah. the, with the her recordings. Yeah, so she or at least was nominated for a Grammy for the, I didn't realize for that. her thing. Wow. Of, um, but yeah, she actually sang. And then Beverly D'Angelo sang hers. And I believe that Levon Helm also, who played... Uh, Her dad. Also recorded um, a Bill Monroe song. I can't okay. remember which one. But, um, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. That, that, that sort of... The other thing that I think that's interesting um, when I was watching it is the, the whole country fair circuit, which was mm-hmm. how people... I mean, like the little country fair that they played. I mean, like those mm-hmm. are the biggest stars in country music and they're playing these like okay, little country nowadays fairs. it's the opposite. Yeah. When you're playing the country fair, it means you're, you've already had yeah. your day back in the eighties. Yeah. And now the only thing you can do is play the country fair. Well, I mean like, so Elvis played these kind of places. They played the that. county fair in, you know, well, it's fascinating in, for in this look at American buddy Holly. History I mean, they would do know. these, I mean like all these terrible plane accidents happen, you know, with, Famous star like Buddy well, Holly. That's how we lost Patsy Cline. Yeah, right? same thing. Yeah, they're flying from one place to another in these tiny planes over the Midwest to to be in these little county fairs and stuff like that. And that's, um, you know how 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 we lost Buddy Holly and and Patsy Cline even. So, um, I think it's it's interesting that that's the way things used to be. That that you know that was the biggest gathering of people that you could get were in these you know county fairs. I mean, I guess they probably had arena shows in bigger cities, but you know, country audiences were more rural anyway, so I, they would have to go out to those country fairs. I think it's it's interesting that that that's the case. You know, and there still are you know county fairs that you know mid range country artists will perform at, like mm-hmm. Lubbock has. You know, they'll have you know you know not the not the top country people, but you know you know some people who are making a decent living will come and play at the at the Lubbock County Fair. You know. Or it's the Panhandle Plains South or something like that anyway. <laughs> well, I, not knowing anything about any of the music of Loretta Lynn, probably any good music <laughs> picture, uh, biopic tries to do this, but I, I appreciated getting to hear the songs in connection to her life, getting to know her as a person and her experience, and then hearing echoes of what she's been through, whether it's the womanized cheating, you know, yeah. the... the the, the womanizing husband or the the uh, modest you know beginnings she comes from working its way into the lyrics of her song and and her you know making a career out of writing thoughtfully and honestly about um, songs based on her life yeah that's and and it seems like she's I mean she she's always done that you know um, so what what I don't know if you know this, but Jack White produced an album with her about ten years ago, which you should no, I hear. Have no it's idea. Really, really, should I hear that? It's is it, really, is it okay? It's, is it's it good? really good. Okay. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, you know, I'm not the biggest Jack White fan, no, but I think that what he brought to her music because it's her songwriting yeah. for the most part. Um, I just think it it it's interesting. It, you know, sort of reminds me of the. Did you ever? 
we heard about it the other the Johnny Cash uh, album where he did a bunch of covers of modern songs that came out shortly oh, before his death. Yeah, it was really good. Um, also, uh-huh. um, but I like that mix of sort of country music with like modern, uh-huh. uh, like pop sensibilities yeah. kind of kind of thing. I mean, Johnny Cash is his own kind of legend, but I mean, Loretta Lynn has an, her own. You know, she has that very particular accent, that sort of Eastern Kentucky, Southern. Um, syrupy accent, mm-hmm. which I, I just love. I mean, like, really, we just, we just, my mom always quotes it. You sound like a big old bar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we have just a few minutes left, but I wanted to circle back to the thing I was saying earlier about how this movie is a great pick because it teaches me more about you and your experience. The, the, you know, and it, it opens this side you know country music and the stuff you grew up with and in level in texas and all that that i just didn't know before and actually what was fantastic is do you remember what happened after we watched the movie like it's almost like we should do an episode called shut up and listen to this because like as soon as as the movie ended (laughs) ashley got excited and 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 said oh you've never heard you know and then you just you were like oh you need to hear george jones and you need to hear something by george Strait." and i played you stopped loving her today Uh yeah (laughs) you you took out spotify and we spent a good i don't know 45 minutes minutes, 30 45 minutes with you putting on some of your um just some of these favorite songs that you just grew up with because you listened to the radio i don't know I didn't. Stuff. I didn't play any Dwight Yoakam. Oh, I've been looking for no. some Dolly Parton records for the house too. So what else did you play for me? Um, I think I played some Bob Wills. I know I played some George Strait, um, uh, Hank Williams. Uh huh. Original Hank Williams, not Hank Williams Jr. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I think I Le- Lefty Frizzell, some of the older stuff, the 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 more classic. Th- I, I you know I just I don't think that people appreciate the level of songwriting that there is in country music. Like they get so like, there is a lot of bad, especially now modern country music that, I mean, does deserve to be dismissed. But I think that there's a lot of talent in the songwriting. Well, I never stayed in the room long enough or or left it on the radio station long enough to hear the songwriting because it's something I didn't, again, my ears didn't know how to listen to. But I think I would change the station if I would hear the twangy (laughs) slide guitars and stuff like that growing up, you know? So this is a weird, so I don't, this is a weird comparison, but do you remember we had a conversation about the difference between like Courtney Barnett and Taylor Swift and how like Courtney Barnett has all these like layers of metaphors and you know it's complex Uh uh and interesting and interesting wordplay but taylor swift is just pretty much like she lays it all out there and like (laughs) i feel like a lot of country music i mean is just like this naked emotion laid out and i really like that you know there's you know, like there's a song about someone being jealous, and when there's a somebody song about, hurts, yeah. you feel the hurt, yeah. right? Or and the, the when somebody sort of, loves someone, you feel the love. I can't remember if I played you Amarillo by Morning, but there's all these great songs which are about rodeos, you yeah. know, about men on the road being uh, in rodeos, this man at the but rodeos. these beautiful like songs about being lonely and separated from everybody and not feeling connected and all this. There's all this great emotion that's there, and I I really respond to songs on an emotional level, and I think that you know, the the words aren't 
a lot of them aren't complicated, you know, but they, they have feelings attached, mm-hmm. you know, and some of them are just fun, you know. Well, like, I have an open mind now. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if there was any part of that, it mixed into the, the whole thing. Yeah. It makes me want to learn and hear more of this music, I yeah. think. So, you know, we, we joke around because we go, we hit the record stores a lot, you know, on the weekends to kind of see yeah. what's out there at the used record stores. And we're never finding the classic country stuff that you want. No, I need to look so in different we'll have places. So we'll have to find some stuff well, to I mean, and I think continue it comes my education. From, well, so related to that, uh, sorry, um, but, you know, my dad was a bluegrass musician. So the, the, that part of Kentucky, that whole area, the Blue Ridge Mountains, is where bluegrass came from, Mm -hmm. which, like, spawned country music, but bluegrass music is all about, like, um, music, it's, like, it's terrible, like, you know, it's sad, and your woman's dead, and, and, you know, there's... There's an immense amount of loneliness in 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 bluegrass music. A lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember. My dad used to tell a joke about. Um, it, you know, it's a it's a bluegrass song when you know your woman's dead because a snake bit her. There, there's some song about a woman who's. <laughs> anyway, um, but but that sort of thing comes out of bluegrass music too. Mm-hmm. It's all tied together. That whole area. Um, um, so, which came from, you know, these were immigrants from Ireland that brought their, yeah. their traditional music. So that's, it's, it's all ties together. But anyway, I just. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Um, what was I, it like seeing it again after, when was the last time you've seen it? Uh, it was probably 10, 15 years. Oh. Um, I, I always liked it. It just has a very golden like uh-huh. the the light, the golden tones and the light, and it just seems happy and and warm. I mean, even though there's dramatic things happening, it feels it's it's a pretty feel good movie. Like, we didn't mention yeah. the director at all. It's directed yeah. by Michael Apted, and we were going through his many yeah. many credits, and you know he's done all, like such a variety of stuff. He's not an auteur. No. I mean, he's a He's a uh, a reliable, good, you know, Hollywood <laughs> yeah. director. I mean, he's British, but I mean, he did all kinds of stuff like Gorillas in the Mist, and what, I don't know why that's the one thing that comes to mind. But Up I series. will forever know him and <laughs> and love him to death for the Up series, the yeah. documentary series, um, uh, uh, Seven Up. For, you know, twenty one up, twenty eight up. That what follows are we at, the like uh, fifty four now or something. Or is that 56? even a right? Fifty six. It has to be a variation. Yeah. I mean, a multiple of seven. We may be yeah. at like sixty. So any anyone yeah. who is capable of of making that documentary series, you know, where you, you yeah. catch up with the same group of British folks every seven years since they were seven years old, they're still doing this. I don't answer those anyway, kinds of questions. My, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, he, he has a, a way of, of telling a human story, I think, and there's a humanity to um, what he does when he puts people in front yeah, of the camera, whether it's <laughs> Sigourney Weaver in a gorilla or, um, or this film where yeah. he, he gets at um, that spark in Sissy Spacek. And, and uh, you know Tommy the Lee the Jones. power of family that carries you through. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the through line is that you know she's got, you know, her family, you know, and her ties back home, and you know, even though she you know traveled the world, she still likes to think about the time that she was back home. You know, yeah, it's um, very nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. And now you can be nostalgic for the movie. <laughs> that's and right. And its place in your life. <laughs> and. Uh, 
I think that's about all yeah. we have for the time to talk about this movie this week. Um, so before we leave you, uh, a little bit of housekeeping again. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Um, what, look up, shut up, and watch this. If you want to write us an email, um, tell us how you feel about a coal miner's daughter, or set us straight on how to pronounce biopic, biopic, biopic. Um, you can write us <laughs> at shutupwatchthis at gmail.com. Um, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, if you can take a moment to go to iTunes and leave us a review or a quick star rating, that will help um, other people find us um, out the, find the show. Trying to grow our reach. Trying to grow our reach. Um, all right, thank you, and we will be back in two weeks. Um, it'll be my pick next time, and I'm I'm still deciding, folks. I know, so um, you'll have to wait. All right, <laughs> bye. Bye.